What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the show. This is Harmonic Whiskey Tales, and we are back with our first of our 2020 season of the Formula One um, championship, I guess you want to call it. We're back to our roundups. The season is back on after all this lockdown stuff. It's now got to a point where they have all these kind of special, you know, procedures and stuff put in place so that they can get on with the season. We're in uh, Austria at the Red Bull Ring for the next two weeks. We've got two consecutive um, races at this um, uh, circuit. And then we've got the same thing happening um, at like Silverstone and stuff like that. And there could be a few other uh, races to be announced. I haven't released a full set of uh, races just yet. What I should probably do is bring up what we've actually got confirmed so far in the schedule just so you guys know what is going on um so what we've got is i've got the current race happening in austria uh this weekend and then as of july 10th to 12th next weekend we've got same race exactly the same race uh again um because like what they can't do essentially is travel to probably america south america parts of Asia, um, maybe Russia. There's, there's, there's basically some areas they just can't go at the moment. Um, Australia's out, stuff like that. So they're, what they're doing is doubling up on races where they can and then maybe introducing a few other races, which we haven't really seen for a long time or even at all. So, yeah, so we've got Austria this weekend, Austria next weekend. We've got Hungary on the 17th to the 19th of July. Then after that, 31st of July to the 2nd of August, we've got Silverstone, and then the weekend after that, uh, so that's the 7th to the 9th of August, we've got another race at Silverstone. Um, then after that, August 14th to 16th, we're in Spain. Uh, then um, round 7, which is 28th to 30th of August, is Belgium at Spa. That's going to be awesome. Uh, then we've got Italy after that um, at Monza, the 4th to the 6th of September. Then there is potential rumour we're going to be at the uh, Mugello uh, Formula 1 circuit in Italy again um, shortly after Monza, which would be, if they can get that one sorted, it's a great racetrack for high-speed cars, so it would be insane. Uh, also, it would be the 100th year celebration of Ferrari um, racing in Formula One, and that's that the Mugello circuit is actually their home um, circuit, so it would be, yeah, it'd be pretty cool. So that hasn't been confirmed yet. So currently, we've only really got what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight confirmed races so far. Um, I don't, th- I don't know if they've even really quite, fit, I mean, which is crazy to think it, but they haven't even quite figured out how many races there's going to be this season. I mean, they're going to have to figure it out soon or even where they're all going to be yet. There's rumour Thailand might be back on uh, potentially. Um, Singapore, probably not, but it can be a bit later in the year um, because of the the climate there. Would it, it wouldn't matter if it's later in the year. Um, there's also potential for Russia maybe happening. Um, so... Russia's the sort of place where they could essentially just lock Sochi down completely and quarantine the whole city for two weeks before the you know formula one even gets there so you know that could happen as well but we don't know at the moment so we'll get to that i mean i'll keep you guys updated on these episodes as we go so um it's great to be back because it's been 
Oh god, it's been a long time since we've done one of these ones, so it's it's good to have Formula One back. Everyone's very excited, and um, it's uh, yeah, no, it's really good. So it's been an interesting time over the last sort of few months in terms of drivers swapping teams and you know all kinds of stuff happening. So I'll maybe just give you a little summary update of where that's at. If you're a Formula One fan, you probably know all this stuff anyway. But maybe if you're not, and you're just sort of kind of interested, then this this might be some good information for you. So first of all, we've got. Uh, Ferrari didn't want to keep Vettel from next year, so they've basically booted him out. Apparently, they didn't even offer him anything. They just said, we don't want you from next year. That's it. Um, his contract's up as of this year, so you know he was a bit surprised they didn't even offer anything. But I guess once they've decided, then that's it. I mean, Ferrari, bad management of their team once again. But, <laughs> I mean, I've talked about that before, but it's um, I'll go a bit more into that in a minute as well because there's some other stuff they've done which is pretty incredible actually but um, so yeah so they're not um, retaining Vettel so he's essentially a free agent from next year so at the moment it doesn't look like there's anyone interested in signing him up for next year because I just don't think there's a a team that he'd be willing to go into or that would want him at the moment because all the top teams are kind of pretty much settled so um, so yeah so what Ferrari have done is they've signed up Carlos Sainz from McLaren to go and join their team, which is a great move for him. Um, and to be honest, I think from next year, Ferrari, I mean, I, I kind of feel like Ferrari have just written this year off already with the way they've started it, but we'll get to that. Um, so yeah, it's a great move for Sainz. So it'd be him and uh, Leclerc in the team, which is a really good, you know, it's a good lineup for them. It's, they're a young, you know, young driver lineup. They could have them in the team for a long time and just really mould the team around those two drivers. Um, I think they're very evenly matched, so it could be a bit tricky with number one, number two driver status, but I think that's going to just have to be determined by how, they do in the championship and then once it gets to a point where it becomes a clear one and two position then that's when they ha- I guess have to you know focus more on one driver so hopefully that's the way they're going to do it and not just say Leclerc you're number one straight out the gate because um, even though he does have technically superiority in the team um, if science comes out and starts beating him then they're going to have to I don't know we'll see but Ferrari are probably going to mismanage it mismanage it as they always fucking do but you know what you're going to do so um so yeah, so that's what Ferrari are doing. Good move for Science. I think it's a good move for Ferrari generally. So hopefully they'll they'll make that work. So that um, essentially freed up a space at McLaren, and so McLaren have managed to sign Daniel Ricciardo. Now they wanted him a bit sooner anyway, so they've they've got him now, and they've they've wanted him for a long time. It's that's no secret. So they've signed him up. Uh, Renault are a bit pissed off about it, but when are they not pissed off about anything? You know, they're just always pissed off about something. So, um, I mean, they can't really act surprised. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of Renault as a Formula One team. They just seem like there's no loyalty in the team. And that just gets dictated from right at the top end from Cyril de Beatball, who's just, just, I don't know. I just don't think he runs a team very well. He's just grumpy and fucking, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the team. And while I thought it was a good move for Ricardo to at least try going to the team because he was he was clearly being um, undervalued at Red Bull, um, it was a good decision for him to go to Renault and give it a go and see what happened. But when a team like McLaren becomes available, that they just the way they run their team, the vibe in it, it just that since bringing on. Um, 
uh, Zach Brown and uh, Andre Seidel, I think it is, who's kind of spearheaded quite a few Le Mans victories. Um, they've got a really good team in the works and they've really turned things around and it, it's a really good team to be on. So I think for Ricardo, that could be the best move of his career, I think, because I honestly think um, McLaren are going to be fighting for the championships in the next two to three years. I, I, they've already shown a lot of promise and a lot of speed and consistency and they just seem to be gelling really well as a team at the moment. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm putting them challenging for Red Bull and Ferrari this year, potentially um, to be honest. Actually, I don't think Ferrari are even in the mix at the moment. They just, they've fucked up everything at the moment, but we'll, we'll get back to that. So um, yeah, so McLaren essentially, they've got uh, Lando Norris and, um, Carlos Sainz currently but then they're going to have Ricardo instead of Sainz as of next year which I think is one of the most exciting driver lineups uh, from next year I think it's going to be really really interesting um, so that's cool I think that's a really good move um, in other teams what else has happened you've got Nicholas Latifi is coming for Williams with uh, George Russell but I think it's going to be a very demoralising year for Latifi because Russell is going to dominate him and uh, judging by this weekend, I think <laughs> yeah, Russell's going to destroy him this year. Probably, I can't remember who was racing with um, Russell last year, but he completely trounced him as well. So, um, <coughs> excuse me. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But Russell's just Russell's too good for that Williams. I mean, in qualifying today, he already put it a couple of places beyond where it probably should have been. So, um, he needs to be in a good team. Fucking hell, I'm hoping he gets a chance in a bigger team in the next few years because of his support from Mercedes. Um, so I'm hoping Mercedes offer a discount to one of the other teams to say, we want Russell driving a Mercedes engine car that isn't Williams because Williams are just, oh, they're better, they're closer. I mean, they're, they're certainly competing with the lower three teams now. They're not off the pace of those bottom teams. They're actually competing with them, which I think is really good. But... I guess we'll see. I mean, the next two years for them is going to be important to see what, where they go with it, but they're really struggling financially. So I, nothing really has happened with that just yet. So, all right, tea break. <clears throat> yeah, so I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But Russell's one to watch. He he need, he could he could drive, he could be put into the Mercedes against Lewis Hamilton and be competing with Lewis. I, I, I honestly believe he's that fast. So, um, And not just fast, it's his temperament and his consistency and everything, professionalism, I think he's got it all. So he, I just, it'd be such a shame if he doesn't get a better drive. But he's doing great at Williams and he's really pushing that team forward, which I guess is all you can expect of a driver in that position. And I guess it's how you know a really good driver because he pushes the team um, to do better. So, which I don't think they've really had in their team for a while. So, um, but I think they need to... I don't know, they need to change how that team's run and who's running it because I don't think Claire Williams is doing a particularly good job of it at the moment. So um, it, it, the team's been going down ever since she's taken over it. So uh, I don't know if that's a... I don't know. It's Maybe it's controversial to say it, but yeah, she needs to do better, I think. But um, what else is going on with the Formula 1? I think that's pretty much it. There's a few... Um, changes in um the actual drivers in terms of the teams you've got um has have still got 
Grosjean and Magnussen, Mercedes obviously still Hamilton and Bottas, um, Alfa Romeo Racing still Raikkonen and Giovinazzi. They're not doing too well at the moment. They need to kind of pick that up a bit. Okay, yeah, Renault, um, they obviously dropped uh, Nico Hülkenberg from their team and Esteban Ocon, the French driver, has come on for Renault, which I think is a really good move for Renault to have a French driver driving for a French team. I think that's great. And Ocon, he's really done it the hard way to get into Formula One. Like, he doesn't have huge amounts of funding behind him. He, you know, he's very much like Lewis Hamilton in that sense. Like, he's come up. Um, much like George Russell, actually, they, they've come up and done the hard work and and managed to get into Formula One just through their talent. So he's a bit off the pace at the moment, but he's not driven a Formula One car for like, you know, he didn't drive last year. So he'll get his speed back, but currently Ricardo's looking a lot stronger than him. But Ricardo's, you know, top level, top, top level driver. So, which is why I think it's such a good signing for McLaren to have got him. So uh, Alpha Turi is the new team, which was formerly... Um, who was it formerly? Not the old Red Bull team, whatever they were called. Fuck no, the Toro Rosso. Yeah, so um, they've changed to Alpha Tori now. Um, still Honda. Essentially, it's um, you know, it's looking pretty good. It's a good-looking car as well, actually. So that's and that's still Gasly, Kvyat. Um, they're probably going to be sitting midfield-ish. Um, Ferrari's still Vettel, Leclerc this year. Williams, as I said before, is George Russell and Nicholas Latifi. Um, they've actually. Um, lost their title sponsor, Rokit, quite recently, actually. But they've got some sponsors, but I don't know. Hopefully they'll do all right. And then Racing Point is still Sergio Perez and Lance Stroll. And ne- as of next year, that's going to be rebranded to uh, Alfa Romeo. So that's going to be cool. Um, finally, hopefully they ditch that pink colour because I'm just not a fan of that. <laughs> I think it could, a lot cooler. it could look a lot cooler. And when it becomes Alfa Romeo, that's going to become a much cooler team, I think. So they're doing really well. They're looking good. They've essentially, a bit of controversy here, but they've kind of copied a Mercedes car from last year as much as they can. Um, so there's a few um, people getting a bit annoyed at that. Funnily enough, it's the um, Haas team that are complaining, but they basically copy the Ferrari. So I don't know why they're fucking complaining. So, um, and Alfa Turi copy the Red Bull and, you know, say, I I don't get it. I mean, I think it's fine. I mean, Racing Point looking really good. The team's gelling really well. Perez is leading that team really, really well. Um, I'd like to see Russell in for Perez and that team personally, because I'm just such a big fan of George Russell. But um, Sergio Perez has done a lot for that team. Even when they were having massive financial problems, he basically cut his um, his paycheck to help pay for the team, essentially, like to give his team um, their salaries. He took it out of his pay um, and stuff like that. So he's really a part of that team and really leading that team really well. So um, I think he's a great driver to be in there at the moment. So, yeah, so that's cool. So that's pretty much a update of what's going on with all the teams. Um, now, since testing, where obviously Mercedes were doing really well and Racing Point looked really good and Red Bull looked really good um, and Renault were looking quite good, Ferrari were off the pace. Now, I think there's two reasons for this. The first reason is ever since they got called out on their engine, um, which if you don't know this, they were essentially got caught they really got, got caught cheating. They were doing this stuff with their engine to give themselves more horsepower by using the oil system to inject more 
something or other into the fuel system and blah 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 it's just giving them more horsepower so which is illegal so they got found out about that there was an investigation they got essentially it all got kept in-house so no one really knew what happened but ever since that happened they stopped getting pole positions they stopped they became a lot slower on the straights like all this kind of stuff which points to less power um and so they were well off the pace and they are still off the pace in testing they were especially and essentially they've come to this race and they've come out and said it with essentially the same car they had in testing so they haven't developed the car at all um yet mclaren mercedes um renault red bull have all come basically with almost a completely different car from testing like they've kept working and refining and getting that car into as good a position as it can be and it's really showing in this first race like the Renault's looking super stable you know they can push with it which is all you really want from a Formula 1 car is to be able to know where that limit is so you can push it as much as possible Red Bull's looking great the, the Mercedes is looking incredible um, the McLaren that's the biggest thing for me that's looking really really good and if you weren't up to date with what was going on with all the testing between the winter testing and now they were allowed two tests with a car, an older car um just to get their drivers back into the vibe of things and um renault wouldn't give mclaren an engine to put in the car because <laughs> then they're a mclaren they're a renault um engine car but as of next year they're mercedes so again i think it's just a sign of renault being just generally arseholes and <laughs> just not not liking the fact that they they took ricardo from him and then not liking the fact that they've ditched them for mercedes so they've just said no you can't have an engine sorry um so <laughs> mclaren the first time they got back in their car either driver in a proper f1 car was um on the, the first practice session after you know the winter testing so um for them to be above renault and going faster than them is i really like that <laughs> i'm quite enjoying that at the moment so um and for me i think that just comes down to the team just being a generally nicer team and Renault just not being a particularly nice team I, I just i don't know there's no loyalty in that team at all it's just they cut drivers when they're just f fed up with them or they don't really support the drivers and then they get pissed off when the driver doesn't you know have that same loyalty and it's not I mean for me it's not surprising like ricardo had the opportunity to go to mclaren and i'd take that every day over Renault personally um, so they treated um, Julian, Julian Palmer really badly um, and in fact ditched Julian Palmer for Hulkenberg uh, and then he was like the golden child there and then two years later they booted Hulkenberg out to get Ocon in um, and you know yeah I don't know as you can tell I'm not a fan of Renault at all so there we go um, I've probably talked enough about the team so yeah that, that, that's where it's at I think I've covered that pretty well Ferrari um, haven't developed their car since winter testing and they've obviously got this issue with the engine. They're not, I don't think, they're going to do very well this year at all. They, I mean, Lewis Hamilton came out a few weeks back and said it's really important for the teams, for his teams to come out, you know, on top and to come out running and, and be, you know, it, it, it's such a short a season. Like, you're probably talking... You know, it's a season that's 60% shorter than it should be. You know, it, it, it's not going to have this 21, 22 races. It's going to have maybe 14 races or something. And even that, they haven't confirmed all yet. So they just don't know really how long it's going to be. So every race, every point is going to count. And getting your car as good as it can be for this first race was so important. And 
Ferrari just haven't done anything. They're terrible. Like, I mean, we'll get to the qualifying now. I'll just go through that. But they've they just off the pace by a lot. Um, you know, their race pace is looking okay, but um, you know, Renault, Red Bull race pace looks really good. Uh, Racing Point looks like a much better car in qualifying and race pace than Ferrari. Um, McLaren probably. I don't know, maybe similar to Ferrari, but they're getting higher up the grid for the qualifying pace. So, um, yeah, Ferrari could do, I don't know, they're going to have a hard year if they don't sort their shit out. So, yeah. Anyway, let us get to, hang on, tea break. Where's the results? I'm scrolling down. Honestly, it's very hard on the BBC website to find exactly what you're after. Um, it's uh, you think they'd have a better website, but they really don't. Anyway, we'll go to the um, uh, one moment. Sorry, I should have had this all planned out, really, but I'm just waffling. So, um, here we go. Qualifying results. Let's just go through it. So, big shocker. Uh, Sebastian Vettel didn't make it through to Q3, so he went out, got P11. That was just a case of the car not being that fast and he made a little mistake. And also from Red Bull, well, essentially Mercedes pretty much lock out the top at the moment. They're just a step ahead of everyone. But everyone else, all the other teams, you know, Red Bull, McLaren, Racing Point, Ferrari, Renault, they're all really, really close in terms of pace. Like, there's not a huge amount between them. You're talking like two tenths of a second between P3. Uh, you know, well, not maybe not P3, but it, it's very close. It's very, very close. Like, there's less than half a second, you know, pretty much covering four or five teams at the moment. So, minus Mercedes, who are out in front at the moment, obviously. So, um, it's very, yeah, it's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. So, Vettel didn't make it. He's in P11, but that does give him the choice of tyre. So it's about the best position he could be in if you weren't going to get into the top 10. So it's it puts him in a good strategic position, I guess. But you're lower down the grid. You're in more chance of getting in an accident, all that kind of stuff. So, so there we go. So I'll just talk you through the full standings. So... Uh, we'll go from uh, 20th down to 1st. So Nicholas Atifi for Williams. Uh, Mercedes, they had a 1 minute 5.757. Uh, you had Raikkonen with a 1 minute 5.2. He complained. He kind of got put out into the track with traffic and bits and bobs like that. But it's not looking very fast. You've got Giovinazzi a 1 minute 5.1, so just ahead of Raikkonen. And then George Russell, 1 minute 5.6. No, no, 1 minute 5.167. So he's six tenths of a second quicker than Latifi in the same car. So that, that I think that just is pure Russell speed. You know, that's a lot of time. And it's a short, it's a short track as well. So that's a, a massive amount. Um, you've got the two Haas Ferraris next. You've got Kevin Magnussen, one minute 5.1. And then you've got Roman Grosjean, one minute 4.69. So, um, a bit of pace over Magnussen there. So that Haas, I think is, it's going to get there, but they they seem a bit off the pace. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they'll pick up a little bit there. Then you've got the next uh, P14 Esteban Ocon for the Renault, one minute 4.6. Um, I think he'll get his pace back. Like I said, he's been out of the car for a while. He's got a huge amount of talent. 
and Renault are going to be putting all their eggs in the Ocon basket over this year. So um, I think they're just going to let Ricardo do whatever he does, and that's kind of it, really. But currently, Ricardo is outperforming him by quite a margin. Um, you've got the Alpha Turi Honda, but from Daniel Kvyat and P13, one minute four point four. Then you've got Pierre Gasly for the same team. Uh, with a one minute 4.3 so tenth for second between them those two guys are super closely matched um i think that's probably about the best they could have got today um you know p12 p13 it's pretty good uh then veto as i said before p11 one minute 4.2 um so he was only you know he wasn't far off missing out on p10 like it was if you look at the time p10 in the Q1 qualifying was 1 minute 4.5 and he got one well 1 minute 4.556 and Vettel got 1 minute 4.554 so it's like um yeah it's uh actually again isn't that mean that that was quicker doesn't that mean that was quicker fuck I don't know that to me seems like it was quicker anyway whatever uh so yeah, so hang on, where was I? Where was I? Uh, Ricardo, yeah. So Ricardo was P10. Um, you know, he he drove really well. I mean, he, I know he was. Um, oh fuck it, I don't know what's going on. It's too early in the morning. Um, so yeah, Ricardo P10. Then you've got Lance Stroll uh, finished with a P9 uh, with almost a one minute four dead. You've got Carlos Sainz from McLaren with a P8. He drove really well. Then Charles Leclerc with a P7. To be honest, I'm not, I'm not sure the Ferrari really had that pace. So that's just his talent that got him to that position, I think. So uh, there's a one minute 3.9. Um, and then you've got Sergio Perez for Racing Point in sixth with a one minute 3.868. Uh, then you've got Alexander Albon in P5 with a one minute 3.868, um, which is basically dead on with uh, Perez. So I don't know. He must have, um, I don't know how they worked that one out, but. Uh, <laughs> Maybe got the time first. I think they they figure that out some other way. Uh, Norris with a P four for McLaren. That was a huge, huge time from him. Um, I mean, quite a big chunk ahead of uh, Science, really. But I mean, it's so close. If you look at the times, I mean, from Verstappen with a one minute three point four, Norris one minute three point six, Albon one minute three point eight, Perez one minute three point eight, Leclerc one minute three point nine. Science one minute three point nine, you know, Stroll one minute four point oh two nine, um, and Ricardo one minute four point two. So it's it's super super closely matched there. Um, but yeah, that time from Norris for McLaren, I mean, that was like that's their highest qualification in the last few years. Like it's huge. I even got a call live on TV from the head king Arab dude who uh, owns the team. So and he had to take the call because it's like the big head king prince of Arabia or whatever. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, that's quite funny actually. But um, So, yeah, Norris P4, that's huge for him. Uh, and then you have Verstappen for Red Bull in third. Um, he actually qualified in on the softer, on the soft tyres, not the super soft. So he's, um, he's in a really good position to go a bit longer for his pit stop. But because he's on that tyre that isn't quite as soft as everyone else around him, he might not be off the lights quite as quick so that could impact him there but we'll see how that strategy pays out but you know we'll see and then p2 lewis hamilton and then p1 Balotelli bottas so and we're talking one minute 2.939 for bottas one minute 2.951 for hamilton so uh they actually 
whittled it down to one tiny little part of the lap, which they just saw Lewis do a tiny little thing, which could have cost him that two hundredths of a second or whatever it was. So, um, and then that was on their first run. And the second run, actually, um, uh, Bottas went off and Hamilton couldn't better his time. So, um, yeah. But yeah, pretty good, pretty good qualifying for the first one back. Uh, the surprise there for Vettel that he didn't get through to the third part of qualifying. But to be honest, they've got good race pace. He's on a, you know, he can choose a strategy that he wants to go on. So I think, you know, he could definitely finish higher up the grid in the race. Um. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes, I suppose. I mean... I think it's going to be interesting to see how the McLaren's race pace is. I think Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari showed pretty good race pace. Racing Point showed good race pace. And Renault did also show quite good race pace as well. So that's going to be the challenge for McLaren. Uh, But I guess they want to be targeting a top six finish for at least one of their drivers. I think that's what their their aim should be. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think Verstappen... And Albon being on two different strategies because Albon's qualified on the soft tyre, whereas Verstappen's on that um, the yellow stripe medium tyre. So um, it allows Red Bull to really be quite drastically different with their strategy. So one of them, I think, is going to finish pretty high up, but it's going to be hard to know who. Verstappen around that that track is sensational, though. So he's definitely going to be pushing for the win. Um, it would be the third win in a row, I think, at that track. So... Mm. So, you know, Mercedes have a challenge, but I think um I think Mercedes are just too good at the moment. Um they're just uh yeah, they're doing so well. Um they've just come out firing. They, for me, I've said this before, I think they are hands down the best team in any sport at the moment. It, it's just their dominance, the way they're managed, the the people they're working for them, you know, the two drivers, the just how it all works. It's just so silky smooth and they're open and honest with each other. They're, you know, they're, they're all open to criticism. They'll take the criticisms on and try and improve. And um, it's the way to run a team. So, you know, anyone who's, you know, in that sort of position where they're trying to run a group of people or whether it's a team or even in business, I think just look at Mercedes, how Mercedes run their team, how they go about, their day to day, um, just the, the just the strategies, the uh, the processes they have in place, the how open they are with things, how willing they are to talk about stuff. Um, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. And then not only that, and I wanted to leave this to last to talk about this, but what with everything that's been going on with the protests for the Black Lives Matter stuff with obviously the um, police brutality that's going on in in, um, America with the George Floyd death and Breonna Taylor and stuff like that. Um, Hamilton's obviously been very vocal with that. And he's actually, they've, he sat down with Mercedes as a whole in the whole company, not just the formula one team. And they've really come out with a really strong statement to, to try and fight for racial equality and, They've changed the livery on their car to an all-black car with the silver um, details on it. Um, and the uniforms are all gone black and all this kind of stuff. And it's just incredible that he's he's really risen to the occasion um, 
and just I don't know it's just so inspirational to see what he's done and how he's dealing with it and he's been really vocal and not backing down from stuff I mean he's challenging the Formula 1 industry to get on board with it and they have in, in a lot of cases done that um, but there's some controversy around whether they're going to take a knee in the anthem tomorrow I think Hamilton wants people to but obviously everyone's up it's, they can make their own decision but uh, there's an article on the BBC site um, so Lewis Hamilton saying there's a lack of understanding of the issue of racism um, I might just read through the article just so you can see what's going on so Lewis Hamilton says some drivers reluctance to take a knee before the Austrian Grand Prix is down to a lack of understanding of racism um, F1 drivers will take a collective stance against racism before Sunday's season opening race but some are not comfortable with the kneeling gesture which I don't understand like why not Anyway, uh, Hamilton said he had made his point to the drivers at a meeting on Friday and I described, he says, I described the scenario that silence is really generally complicit. There is some silence in some cases, he said. World champion Hamilton added, but I think it is part of a dialogue of people trying to understand because there are still some people who don't fully understand what is happening and what is the reason for these protests and I continue to try to be that guide and try to influence as many people as I can with it. BBC could use a few more fucking commas there, Jesus. Um, BBC Sport reported earlier on Sunday that while the drivers were united against their op- in their opposition to racism, a minority had misgivings about taking a knee before the race. This is partly because of the political connotations of the gesture in some countries. And, fuck politics. I mean, Jesus. And partly because some did not appreciate what they saw as Hamilton's accusatory tone in his social media messages asking other senior figures in the sport to issue anti-racist statements following the death in police custody of George Floyd, an unarmed black man in the US on the 25th of May. Um, And Hamilton said this week he was not accusing the driver specifically, but rather the industry at large, which I think was pretty clear from his statement. He, He kind of, he said he was, he kind of, recognizing the silence and he was he saw who these people were and it wasn't i think the drivers took a front to almost being called out like that but he should call them out i mean why wouldn't you say something when you're in a a position of um i don't know you're, you're in this position where you can influence a lot of people and yeah i don't know it just seems um I think he had to say something because everyone was being very quiet of it. And when he did say something, a lot of the younger drivers did come out and say stuff. And they were like, I think they just came out and said they just weren't sure whether to say something or not or how it would be seen or, you know, and I kind of get that. But, um, but I think for him, it was more the, the, maybe not the teams, but the manufacturers, because they're obviously such on such a large global scale that them coming out and, and taking a stand would be really important. So, which is what Mercedes have done and they're doing it exactly the right way. And it's making me love Mercedes more and more and more, you know? Um, so, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow with that. Um, but I'm all for him calling people out and just taking a stand like this. And, and he's not shying away from talking about it. There's interviews that will be on tomorrow's, um, televised, um, you know, for the race tomorrow where he's he's interviewed by Martin Brundle and they talk pretty openly and honestly about all this stuff. And he's not shying away from it, which I think is exactly what should happen. And 
the fact that Mercedes are fully behind him and, you know, they've changed the colour of their car for fuck's sake, man. I mean, that's that's huge that he can he can drive something like that. And um, it's so ins- inspirational, really is. It's it's incredible. I mean, I, you know I'm a massive fan. If you listen to this, these Formula One things, you know I'm a massive fan of his anyway. But it's um, even more so now. He's, he's kind of transcending just Formula One and becoming... Um, a kind of an icon of his era, just talking out against racism because he's been through it all growing up. Like he had had to deal with so much of it as a kid, um, well, a huge amount of it. And I feel like now he's he kind of—I think he maybe bottled all that up and just kept it, kept that fire inside him. And now he's able, in a position, to just let it all out, and he's not going to back down on this at all. So, um, and yeah. Hopefully it it helps spearhead this kind of change, this this kind of this wave over the world that's um that's happening at the moment. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens tomorrow and for the rest of the season with this. So um but hopefully I think a lot of the drivers that I like and that I think are I think they are gonna take a stand with him and support him in this and in terms and the general message at large um but i wouldn't be surprised if there were some drivers that don't i'm not going to say who i think they are but it would be interesting to see um what's going to happen with that so yeah anyway i'm waffling um i think what mercedes is doing is is brilliant and what they've done and not only that the car looks fucking sick it looks awesome (laughs) all black the silver stars, the one red star there for Nicky Lauder is still on the car. Um, Lewis Hamilton's um, helmet as well, because obviously the the uniform's gone all black now as well. But um, Hamilton's helmet is all black with these like purple kind of highlighty details through it, and then a Black Lives Matter um, logo on the top of the helmet. And um, it's uh, yeah, I mean he it just. It looks really cool. Like it just his his uh, sense of style is really coming out this this time as well. So actually, Bottas as well. His his helmet's really nice. He's got on the back of his helmet, he's got this really cool um, logo that someone's done of uh, four different fists all interlocking, all different colours. So um, it's yeah, it's it's really nice how um, each driver's kind of. Uh, getting their message across and McLaren are doing this as well. They've got these kind of rainbows on their car as well for equality and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, it's really good. It's really good what's happening. And cause it's such a big sport globally as well that it's really important. And that's what I, th- I think Lewis is trying to say to these drivers is like, you're in a position here to influence a huge number of people and to take a stand with him on this is so important right now. Um, and for them to say, Oh, they don't want to do it because it's quite political and, you know, in different countries, it's like, that doesn't make a stand, man. Like, wh- why wouldn't you? Like, what, because it might cost you some followers or, oh, I just, I don't know. You need to call this stuff out. So, yeah, anyway, I'm waffling enough. Hopefully I summarised the road. I think I did my thing of just waffling randomly and it might have been hard to follow what's going on. But essentially, Mercedes are looking strong. McLaren have done an incredible job getting to where they are. Ferrari have once again dropped the ball and fucked it up again, which they just, they need new people in that team. I don't know what's going on there. They just completely fucking it up. Um, Racing point look excellent. Look really good. Renault is sounding like they're, even though I'm not a massive fan of Renault, they're looking good. The car's looking stable. 
Um, what else is there? I don't know. Yeah, it's all very exciting. Red Bull are looking good. Um, actually, I didn't even talk about this steering system that uh, Mercedes have got, this thing where they can pull their steering wheel forward and back and it adjusts the toe in and toe out of the front wheels. It's um, it's an incredible system and it got um, Red Bull put in a protest to it because they wanted clarification of some of the rules because I think they've got a system ready to go but they just want clarification that what they're doing is going to be okay as well before they put it into the car. So we'll see what happens with that. I don't know if they will have it in or not but... Um, that could be a deciding factor for the year and what Mercedes have done with that. If you haven't looked into it, um, I think it's called a DAS system. So uh, effectively what it means is on the straights, they can push the steering wheel in or pull it out or something and it straightens the front wheels of the car, which makes it cause less wear on the front wheels of the tyres. And then when they can, they put the steering wheel back to its set position, it brings the toe of the, of the wheels back in which makes it better for turning and cornering speeds and stuff like that so it's, it's an incredibly ingenious system it has been banned as of next year because they found a loophole and made the most of it which just shows again how good the team are at just always pushing and innovating it's incredible anyway we'll see what happens with all that um we're not really going to know the performance gains until we see it in a few races so that's probably something to watch over the next few races because i think it's gonna be quite interesting so um yeah anyway there we go i've waffled i've hopefully given you some good information there it's good to be back talking about formula one again um i've been holding off talking about all this stuff so um yeah it's good to be back cheers for tuning in everyone we'll be back tomorrow with a summary of the race as normal and then we'll be back to normal with these um little formula one podcasts um probably doing uh a summary after qualifying and the race at the moment if something big happens i might do an additional one before you know after like the practice sessions or something but i'm tending to leave the practice sessions on summarized until we get to the, the qualifying um you know post qualifying so um yeah cheers for tuning in we'll be back with uh our race summary tomorrow and in terms of podcasts going on i think we're gonna have one with john and dave tomorrow um well it'll be tonight but i'll have that up tomorrow so that might be sandwiched in between these uh formula one ones but we'll see um that will be a hopefully a summary of dave's top 10 uh albums uh but we'll see what happens obviously john's just had his new little baby daughter so he's very busy doing all that kind of baby stuff and dave now back to being a social butterfly again so it's hard to lock them both down but um we'll try and get those ones out soon so yeah Cheers, everyone, and we'll be back very soon.